2: Good evening and welcome back to Heart and Hand. This is Heart and Hand Extra, your second free show of the week. I am your host, Adam Thornton, and joining me tonight to look briefly back on uh, the quarterfinal win against Dundee on Wednesday is, first of all, James Forrest. Hello, Adam. Hello there, and we also have Laura Lothian. Laura, how are you?
0: Hello, Adam. Very well, thanks. How are you? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm as good as I can be. We're in the semi-finals. It was not not fun to watch on Wednesday night, but we got there, which I guess is the point of cup football. James, uh, the team was interesting. I think we, we thought there was probably more players, uh, more sort of first-team regular players playing than, than we had thought, slash hoped. Um, what was your take on that? Um, from my point of view, I think Tavernier whether he's, I don't, he's not injured, um, the manager's confirmed that, so whether he, he's maybe needing a rest or whether um, he just isn't up to speed or, or off form or whatever, I'm not sure, but there's certainly something there. Um, However, I just thought with Goldson not being there and with Yelmaz playing and with Ben Davies probably still needing to be managed a little bit more than maybe a Tavernier, I, I didn't see Tavernier not playing on uh, on Wednesday night, unfortunately, just because of those circumstances rather than him specifically. But what was your take on, on the changes, I guess, and on some of the changes that maybe we thought would have been made that weren't?
1: I, I kind of get the idea of you know playing Tav, even though you know his form really isn't at the level we're used to, I guess. Um, especially it's probably clearer that it's more important to rest Ben Davies than it is the rest to have in a game like this. So that's fair enough. And you've got someone like Sands that can come in who's played quite a few times this season uh, so far. So that's that's not an issue. Your only other option really for right back is Adam Devine and as talented as he is and as much of a bright future as he certainly has in the game, he's probably not quite at that level yet where you can say, all right, that's a fair, um, fair swap between... You know, tabbing the win for a game like that. So yeah, fair enough. Um, interesting that Morelos is like the the backup striker now, and we'll play in this kind of game as opposed to a league game. Uh, I found that quite an interesting one, but it makes total sense. Was disappointed, I think, that we didn't maybe give Charlie McCann a start. Like, listen, yeah, as started games, um, for us this season in the midfield and maybe not in the position that's his best role. We can maybe talk about him a wee bit later in terms of what he did when he did actually come on. But I think you know, having him in there instead of maybe a Stephen Davis would have been fine. In fairness to Van Bronco, so the way that we set up and what Davis was actually doing, Davis was probably a best player on the night, so he did make the right call uh, in the end there. Other than that, I don't think there's anything that really stands out as, a oh, that's a strange decision, oh, that's that's odd, and it was nice to get Yelmas, and uh, I think we all thought that that would be the case that Redvan would play. Um, so it was good in that sense. So, aye, um, nothing that made me kind of go, "What on earth is Geo doing there?" Uh, in terms of that, I think when you look back in the context of where we're at right now, I think enough of that or all of that made sense.
2: <clears throat> Laura, we we started well in this game. It's 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 kind of about all we did. Um, it's maybe a little bit harsh. I think the first half an hour or so we were we were. Not terrible. We were good um, and, and, and patches, maybe not got the consistency. But I felt certainly down that left-hand side, Yelmaz and Scott Wright, for the first 25-30 minutes, I thought looked uh, looked quite promising. It was quite fresh. They obviously, the goal comes down that left-hand side. Good play by, by Scott Wright to um not really give up. There was a few Dundee errors in there, but he never really gave up and he kept going Um, and got his just rewards with a shot, which, which Stephen Davis uh, headed in. In terms of that first... <laughs> The start, I guess. Was there anything in there that um, you were impressed with? Anything that you hoped we would carry on for for the rest of the game? And obviously, we weren't able to.
0: Yeah, the first um, the first half an hour, I was quite impressed with Scott. Right, as you say, he was kind of running down the. Obviously, I call it the pocket, but you would call it probably the channel. It uh, running down that area, trying to. Um, Trying to get onto the ball, getting a bit of luck. Obviously, with the goal, with continuing to press. I think he ended up. I, I think he ended up intercepting a pass from the defender, and that's what led to the opening goal. Um, Yilmaz looked positive, but what I felt is that nobody was really using the option that he was given. I don't know if you felt that that was happening, or if it was just, just me.
2: It was an interesting one because I think he's still learning what what to do. Um, we have changed how we play a little bit. Um, I'm going to ignore Liverpool um, and probably Motherwell from that because I don't think we... Liverpool would have been a, a sort of game plan on its own. Um, Motherwell, I just don't think we were able to do what we wanted to do, similar to the second half against Dundee. But if you take the game against Hearts and the game against St Mirren and then maybe even the first 20-25 minutes of the game against Dundee you can kind of see what we're trying to do, you've got Sakala and Wright trying to stay wide and then you've got Yelmaz and Tavernier sort of cutting inside, you've then got Davis and Tillman acting as your uh, attacking midfielders, box-to-box midfielders to try and get up in support of of Morelos Um, so that's been a bit of a change going back to those two wingers and having the fullbacks coming in a little bit, like I said Probably in those five games, it's only really worked for less than half the actual the actual time, which I'm sure is something that the coaching staff will be will be working on, trying to make sure that the players understand that a little bit more. So I think with with Yelmaz, I completely agree. I think there was times where he ran on the outside when um, possibly he was supposed to go on the inside or, or Scott Wright was expecting him to go on the inside and, and vice versa. So um thought there was quite a lot of technical errors in that first half, if you like, rather than um, us not really playing um, in a kind of cohesive way. So hopefully that sort of comes to comes to pass and we get a run, whether it's Barisic, whether it's Yelmaz. But I think we, we need to start getting some partnerships back in the team for me. James, that's something I'm keen to get your, get your take on because <clears throat> we know we've got injury problems, we do, and we know we've also got a big squad. But off the top of my head, I don't think we've played the same team in two games in a row this year. I think if I, if I remember rightly, there was maybe one game where we had to make one change, maybe around about the PSV uh, time. Um, but I don't think we played the same team two, certainly not three games in a row. That has a really big impact, I think, on these player relationships, especially if you're then trying to change the way that the team plays as well. So I'm not I'm not sure who, who we've sort of cobbled together from what we've got to, to build those partnerships. But I think that's definitely something that in this run that we've got, which majority of the games are at home domestically, Um, it should hopefully be a good opportunity to try and get some of these players in and get them some sort of minutes, but working together as as units on the pitch.
1: Yeah, you'd hope so, because it is a strange time. I think ultimately you've got this run of games and then you have this long gap at at a time of the season that you wouldn't normally have one. So, you know, do you use this as the opportunity to try and build on that? And then once we come back from that break, we're then into we know what our first 11 really is um because that's the thing right now we don't really know what it is in terms of what our best 11 would be we've got guys that will play a lot guys like Tavernier and Lundstrom and Shawlack and whatnot um you know they they will always be in the side for for your regular games i guess but you're right we don't really know cuz you get the arguments of, oh, it should be Yilmaz, or oh, it should be Baris. It should play at left. plays at left back. You've got this never-ending cycle of trying different guys at right wing, and you know you think you've landed on something, and then suddenly no, well, you haven't, and it's kind of right back to the drawing board a wee bit with that. We we do have guys that will be coming back from injury that will certainly help bolster the squad in a number of different positions, of course. Um, that hasn't helped the manager in terms of where we're at right now. But yeah, it's I agree with you that we do need to start kind of sort of pinning down a few more guys on right, they're definitely starting these number of games, going to run, you know, pick your pick your starting eleven and you're not really having much of a debate over it. Um, whereas at the moment there are a lot of question marks in terms of oh, do you do this or do you do that? And when that's happening and it's not in a good way that I think says a lot about where the squad is at this moment. Um, but you got to cut some slack, I guess, for the fact that injuries haven't helped with that at all.
2: No, they so, definitely they definitely have. And one of the injuries that James mentioned earlier on, Laura Morelos is now back. I was going to say fully fit, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the case in terms of match fitness. He still looks very very sluggish. Um, it's an interesting debate. That obviously there was the Will Morelos come back in because he's always came back in over over the five years. Um, and he did get his, his place a couple of weeks ago, even when Chulak was was fit and firing. Um, I personally can't see him. I think Chulak will play the vast majority of of these games coming up, including um, the European games. Laura, do you think that's a a contentious decision now, or the Marilas that we've seen on Wednesday night, where I don't want to say he wasn't interested, but I'm not quite sure he was. Um, Maximum application uh, in that game if I'm, if I'm being kind Do you think that's a, a contentious thing now? Do you think there's still a debate there Between whether he plays or whether Cholak plays In these 6-8 to eight games that we've got up to the break? Uh,
0: no, I don't think it's a contentious decision at all I think it should 100% be Cholak. Um I, I kind of get what you're saying That Morelos... He, he didn't look disinterested but he did but he didn't look like someone who was going out there to say to the manager I want my place back in this squad he didn't he looked like he couldn't be bothered um normally like sometimes you'll see him taking the huff if he's been subbed off and he hasn't got a goal he was not bothered to be taken off at all and I think within the support a lot of people are like yeah we need to play Morelos in the games in Europe because he's our outball blah 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 but I think potentially what we should more be looking at is we need to get service to Cholak because he is really clinical and when you get the ball to him he does tend to score like he got maybe one chance in the Liverpool away game and he probably should have scored it Um, so who knows what he's going to do if in those type of games we do set up to play to Cholak and don't just rely on Morelos to
2: create chances for himself. I think that's a key point isn't it James that yes Morelos in isolation will probably offer more in a rounded way personally I, I think at this point in time I don't. Th- I think that Morelos that we are talking about um, isn't there currently whether we can get him back over the next few months or so remains to be seen but I don't think that Morelos that we're all talking about in terms of getting back to his best is is there so with with Chulak? We know what he can do, we know what he can't do. But the key for me then is, as, as Laura said, is getting support to him. And for me, that is what we mentioned there: getting the two sort of um, more flexible fullbacks and Tavernier and Yelmaz playing, uh, and then for want of a better phrase, cobbling together on the wings, um, fast players that can be direct and can support. Um, and trying to get the best out of Tillman or Kamar Roof, whoever it is, behind Cholak to sort of give him that firepower from um, from a few areas?
1: The thing with Morelos is we play we play differently. Now, you mentioned that before in terms of we've changed our style and, you know, the style we had before really suited the striker like Morelos. It's different now. It's it's a different style that suits a striker like Cholak more and I think it's something that a fully fit Kamar Roof will benefit from as well in terms of playing like that. So suddenly you're in a position where, you know, do you want the team to change the way that we play in order to suit Morelis? He's not earned that right this season to be able to do that. Cholak has earned the right to say, you know, if you if you play this way and you provide me with the ball in the box, I will score goals. He's been very consistent with that and has been you know, probably our most important player of the season so far for that reason. So, yeah, I think that you're right. We need to now start thinking, well, who do we have in the wide areas that can provide that level of support. Um, you know, Taveney and Yoma's doing the kind of inverted fullback runs, which is very much as the kind of end thing now uh, in football. You see that a lot more rather than guys getting to the, to the byline uh, as such and really kind of developing that more and that will benefit the team too. And also who plays as that attacking midfielder as well? You know, you need to, we do have, when everyone's fit, there's going to be a lot of options available to us in terms of who can play in that role. Um, and that will be a real positive for us as well. I think that you know that type of player that can offer that level of support from the central area. Um, yeah, you know, that's another way for us to get goals too. So the the workings are there. I think in terms of being able to kind of go on a on a run and get better in terms of the performances. I don't know how much of it right now is just down to the fact that because we have quite a few players out, we are suffering a wee bit for finding that level of form. Um yeah. And I think that's where part of the frustration comes from. Certainly for me, as I look at that and I see players who on paper really should be, you know, making us look a lot better on the field than what we are. And yeah, we might be getting the results. But the the style just doesn't seem to fit with what I feel it should be for what we've got.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the the never ending debate of should we have brought should we have bought XYZ players in the summer. It is absolutely one thing, but like you said, we have one number eight slash number 10, uh, I guess, in, in Tillman, who has only just come back into the team. And, um, no Lawrence, no Haji, no Lowry. Who would be the others that could fill could fill in there? Like I said, Roof has done that in the past. Um, I think the manager might have mentioned the press conference. We'll come on to, we'll come on to it. Um, just now, but I think he might have mentioned it. It's a, that's a possibility as well. So that would be quite interesting. I think having him in there as support he's obviously. I think he showed when he came on if there was any kind of bright spark in that second half, Laura. I think it might have been Kamar Roof coming on. I'm not going to suggest that he had a a great game, fantastic game, and really impacted it. But I just think in terms of that movement, something a little bit different in there. Someone who can pick the ball up, make passes, use his strength to sort of jostle and make space that way as well. Um, obviously the big question with is how long we can actually use him for? But um, I would be interested to see if in this period where we are struggling, there's loads of players out of form, where the stress of of the fans, the stress of the crowd, etc., getting someone in there who we know is proven. Um, even if we do just get the next month out of them, that could be could be something that we might need to do.
0: Yeah, I was actually quite critical of Geo on Wednesday night when he brought Kimar Ruth on instead of Cholak. I felt that we needed to bring a striker that was fit and ready to go on because I felt like we really needed that second goal. It turned out not to be the case. But then when I actually saw Ruth playing, there was like the elements of his play that that we that we like were still there and I think he actually had a pretty big chance at the back post, but he was maybe just a little bit too slow in getting to it. But if we can keep Ruth fit between now and the World Cup break, as you say, I think that could be really, really beneficial to us. And hopefully, just doesn't pick up an injury over the break, and we do have him for as much as possible the second half of the season because I do think he is a really important player to us. And I'm a big fan of Cameroo roof. I just really he just can't stay fit, and there's there's nothing we can be able to do to change that.
2: And if we're being honest, it is a bit of a joke that we have to say If we can keep this player fit for the next, what are we now, three weeks and two days um, Eight games, if we can keep that player fit for eight games Then things might be better, I think that's the the situation that we're in with Um, You can call it recruitment that hasn't made sense You can call it um, injury issues, you can call it players out of form You can call it managerial tactics, whatever you want to call it But if you kind of boil that down to we need this player to stay fit for what is that twenty three days? I think that that is quite telling. Um, we will see how things go on that front. Um, James, on to uh, Livingston. Then, uh, as we record, they're coming to Ibrooks tomorrow. They're in relatively good form. Um, third in the form table. They've won three out of out of the last five. We always know what we're going to get. Uh, I think from from Livingston, but Touchwood, we always have a relatively um decent. Result against them. Um, we have to go back a few years, uh, I think, for us actually to get to to lose. Um, and particularly, at Ibrox, we seem to do okay. I'm not going to take that as any kind of um, premonition for tomorrow, given how um, I think things have been very topsy turvy over the last couple of months. Um, the manager in his press conference said that unfortunately Yilmaz has a knock. I think he did say it, it might be touch and go whether he plays. But if that was me, um, I'm saying he's got a knock. I'm I'm sort of counting him out because. Why would you play him if he has a knock, if you've got Barisic there? So we'll see. Um, there's a lot of games coming up. It may be that Yelma is a zero mark for this game anyway, and he can get through it and then get a full week's rest and be okay for um, the Aberdeen game at the weekend. And Barisic will play midweek. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, he also mentioned that Glenn Kamara hopes to be back for the Napoli game as well, which um, is good news, I guess, particularly or specifically for the Napoli games. He hasn't been... In, in the best of form this season but he's he's back in the the squad as well hopefully for, for Napoli and there was some updates around what we thought were longer term injuries I guess or longer term injuries for Goldson, Lawrence and, and Hadji. I think he said Goldson and Lawrence should be fit for after the World Cup, I'm not sure he gave a specific on Hadji but I think the assumption is that he should be pretty much there or thereabouts for after the World Cup as well so um. A bit of a blow for Yelma has been out this weekend, James. But hopefully reinforcements are are on the way after after the break.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. It's it's probably quite helpful for for people in terms of that left back debate. If Giovanni said that that okay, we know it will probably be Barisas that will play. Uh, in that case, fine, uh, you go with that. Um, whether we go with just the one deeper midfielder or maybe the two deeper midfielders. Uh, will be an interesting one to see it might be that we're kind of with who's available we end up having to maybe play two, but we could do what we did on Sunday uh, not on Sunday sorry on Wednesday where um Davis even though he started as a kind of deeper midfielder he was playing far more advanced than normal he almost, was yeah than what we've seen from him for a very long time uh, if we're honest in terms of that and he you know, he, did, he did that very well Uh, I think for me, the the interesting thing is going to be about who who you play in the wide areas to support Cholak. Um, as I'd mentioned, you know, we we thought we'd maybe found a solution in terms of that with Sakala, but just after the way that he played on the Wednesday, it was just really really poor. Um, I, I think you need to maybe have another look at that now. we Would imagine that Kent comes back in on the left hand side, and you know, we've seen that a couple of times where he can actually provide very good crosses in for Cholak to get in the end of so hopefully he's able to do the same there um, I, I don't know whether it's beneficial for us to really be kind of sort of rotating around in terms of that one position uh, on the right hand side but you know it wouldn't surprise me if we went for a Scott Wright for that for for instance just off the back of the game on, on Wednesday if Gio's looked at that and thought oh, you know, he's putting a decent shift there maybe give him uh, a shot on the right-hand side in this game, uh, potentially, I I wouldn't be overly concerned if that was the call that was made, to be honest. So, that will be interesting to see what goes with that. Um, And I would imagine that Ben Davies will will come back in, uh, probably for Sands, because Leon King has done nothing to suggest that you take him out of that defence. Right now, he has absolutely established himself as someone that we can absolutely have in there while Goldson is out.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely got that... It's definitely got that feeling. I think it would be very, very harsh on, on King if he comes out. The only thing I can maybe think about there is, um, that's now, what, three or four games in a row? Maybe similar to Tillman, he might kind of think I'll take him out for a little bit and just give him a bit of a bit of a breather. But I'm not even sure. I think the physicality and the sort of aggression, etc., that King's got, I don't think that's maybe something that, that would be needed, so we'll see. Um, we obviously have to factor in as well. Wednesday night, I'm, I'm going to assume we'll be playing... Uh, a back three, um, maybe more of a back, a back seven depending on how that game goes but but certainly we'll have three centre-halves there as well so they might just think how do we manage those minutes um, uh, as well so we could maybe see King starting and Sans coming on early on um, on Saturday or not but we'll see.
1: I have to say I think that Sans playing in a back three that's ultimately probably the best that yeah, because that's that's the type of defender that he is. Whether you call him a defender or a defensive midfielder, he's absolutely set up to be a guy that is your central centre back in a back three that Definitely. does that does that role. So that will be interesting to see uh, on Wednesday because I've no doubt that that's exactly what we're going to do. And King will be in the right, and Davies will be in the left. Um, that'll be really interesting to see how how he gets on there, and if he puts in a solid performance there. I think that answers a lot of questions in terms so of people asking, you know, what type of player is he? Because I think there's still some people that are kind of like, I don't know, is he a defender, is he a midfielder? It's a strange one.
2: Yeah, people will say, oh, he's a natural defensive midfielder. He's played more at centre back than he's played at defensive midfield. So I'm not sure whether you're an actual anywhere really makes a difference. You're, you're playing as a centre back and you have done for the majority of your of your career. So um, I, I think I agree with you. In the sort of modern game, that, that back three. Um he is essentially doing parts of what a defensive midfielder does, but I just think it gives him a bit of protection and plays to his his strengths a little bit. So I could I could definitely see that on, on Wednesday. But we've got Livingston to get through first. Laura, um James touched on a few things there that are quite interesting. Um I think we we can assume then, based on the manager's comments, that that Barisic will, will probably come back in for this game, um, unless it is a really really minor knock that that Redvan had. Um, Davies, I think, will come come into the back line along with with King and Tavernier probably. Um, midfield, what's your your thoughts on that? I wonder if maybe it will be Lundström, Arfield, and Tillman. That three did not have a great game on. Uh, for Park, Tillman committed a little bit in the second half obviously that great goal but certainly first half wise I thought the three of them didn't have the best of games do you think that's the best that we've got just now in terms of, of cobbling together some sort of attacking midfield or do you think there'll be something else that we could do?
0: I think you're probably right Adam I think it probably will be Arfield, Tillman and Lundstrom I can't actually think of anybody else that that's fit and available Jack... Or Kamara aren't available, and I don't think Davis is going to play two times no. in a week. Personally, so yeah, I think it probably will be be those three guys in the midfield purely because I, I don't really think we've got any other choice.
2: And what about the wings uh, as well? It does feel like we are we're, we're mixing matching a little bit here, Lauren. I, I include Kent in this as well. Kent, Sakala, Matondo, right? Have all had game time in the last few weeks. Sakala has probably performed the best, uh, as in the recent Mirren game, um, I, I thought he was very good, so he's had, he's had one good performance and then a couple of okay ones and one pretty poor one on on Wednesday night, um, Matondo I think has has been okay, Virgin on not great, Kent the same, Wright right, was okay to good for a bit on, on Wednesday night and then hasn't really been seen before that. Um, is it a bit of a toss-up for the Wings just now? The only thing I think we know for definite is that Kent will, will definitely start against Napoli. Um, I think the manager would be pretty comfortable with that. But in terms of, of the Wings, is it just a case of trying to find a combination for Saturday that we think works and also trying to manage them through? Still a pretty hectic schedule. Yeah, it's a pretty
0: pretty sad state of affairs on the wings at the moment isn't it i similar to james wouldn't be against seeing scott right in again because i kind of i did like Whistle, obviously the first ha- first half during the week there and i think he he can do well and i think it'll probably be kent back in to be honest for Saturday, but I wouldn't be again. I wouldn't be against seeing Sakala in on the left because I think he's better there than he is on the right. And Matondo seems to be kind of in and out and in and out and really quite quite inconsistent. Like he wasn't even in the squad on Wednesday night, which which surprised me. So I think it's like a it's almost like a flip a coin to see who's going to be in from our point of view, not from the manager's point of view. So I really don't know. Probably right in Kent is my guess and I wouldn't be against
1: that it's interesting if I can come back to the midfield discussion for a second we're talking about well it it, because I I get it like it only feels like Lindstrom, Arfield and Tillman feels like the only options uh there in terms of that and I think that's right and actually in a way the more I think about it I kind of hope that that's it because that's you're certainly being you're going with a bit more of an attacking emphasis by doing that, you're not. Then, for example, you're not saying, right, well, Charlie McCann will sit alongside... Well, if you play him in the right position and not play him further up where he's not as effective. Um, you know, that... I, I would be a bit... You know, you're know, you doing that against Livingston, or mid-table, 10 games, only one five. Is that really the right choice, especially at home at 3 o'clock kick-off? So, yeah, I, I think that's right. But, listen, see, see with the Wiggers... I'd be surprised if Kent didn't play, but it's not going to surprise me any of the three options no. play uh, in terms of that as well. It really is a toss-up in um, that respect, and it comes back to a thing I said earlier: whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Just, I think, given the context of how how we're playing and how those individuals have been over the course of the season, I wouldn't necessarily call that a massive positive. One of those guys has the opportunity to really kind of stake that claim for themselves. And we kind of thought Sakal had done that, but we maybe were a bit too soon uh, on that one. But, you know, surely in time, Matondo does enough to, to kind of get get to that point. He's who I think will be that guy long term. Um, it's whether you feel he needs the games to kind of get himself into that, that shape or whatnot, um, or whether he has earned the right to have that bedding in period, I suppose.
2: Do you know what I don't? What frustrates the life out of me is, someone said this to me uh, last night actually, and I watched Dundee game back again after they said it. Um, the amount of times that Sakala Matondo uh, and Kent in particular face up a defender, and I know we talk about low blocks and things, but if you look, watch Sakala on um, on Wednesday night, he, he gets the ball on that right hand touch line. So often, and he's one on one, and for whatever reason, he he thinks I'll try and dribble past this this guy and, and flash a ball into the box, and I don't understand it. I know we don't have loads of space, but I really don't get why when these guys have so much pace, they don't just knock the ball past the defender and run past them. Um, I know, like I said, we don't have reams and reams of space, but we have enough. Um, Gareth Bale made a career out of it in the early years. Just hit the ball past them, hammer past them, and then you're you're free and you've got a chance to create an opportunity. Kent is so bad for it. Um, obviously we know that it has yielded some some results this year in terms of the assists that he's 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 brought in. But more often than not, I just don't understand why, particularly if we're now moving to playing with these wider wingers. Um, just have a go just kick the ball down it sounds very very rudimentary but just kick the ball down the line you'll beat every single fullback in the league including Celtics for, for pace Um, so just go and go and do it and, and see what happens and I think games like tomorrow when it's going to be very very physical they'll sit in but Livingston don't just sit and camped on the edge of the box like, there will be spaces we can create gaps for them I just don't understand James why we don't mix it up a little bit more and instead of trying to cut in all the time and be so intricate we just get the ball Get the ball down the wings and, and try and create some space that way.
1: Yeah, it it's almost the same question with why when you know a throwback has the ball and there's space to run into, their natural inclination is, right, who's the easy pass? More I'll often go back, not, it's I'll back, back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It feel, it feels like that same question. Is it is it coaching Is it is it not giving these guys like that freedom to say, you know, you're talented enough to make that kind of decision for yourself, go and do what you think is right in that moment. Are are the guys on the field? Do, do they think that way? You know, do we have footballers that that will be able to take that uh, onus on themselves? It's 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 often, and I think you're right that you do need to mix these things up a wee bit. It's why I'm so keen for Yomas to play a lot more. And if if we didn't hear that about Yomas having a knock, I would be really banging on the door of Yomas starting on on Saturday, um, because he does offer that. A bit more dynamism from that position because he, you know, with Barisic, you know what he's going to do. He, he wants to hug the touchline a lot more, whereas Yelmaz will either do that or also cut inside. Uh, and remember that against Queen of the South, the wee, the wee nifty wee trick that he did to set up one of the goals. You know, he, he can do things like that, and I think that's what we want to see. Um, so you, you just hope that, and it, it almost feels as though right now. We're just trying to kind of sip our way through to the World Cup and then we kind of re-energise and by that time we've got a lot more guys back in who will provide different options and then there is that pressure on an individual to have to take more upon themselves to make sure that they're still going to be playing. Uh, And that will only be for the benefit of us when we're in that position. We're just not quite there right now, which is why... These games, especially a game like Livingston tomorrow is crucial because the three points really matters in terms of the way this league is Um, but we do want to see a bit more enjoyment on the field. We don't want to come off the back of a game like Wednesday where, yes we won but my god, it was was worse than watching paint dry at times
2: Laura, what does what does good look like for, for you over the next five? I'm ignore, ignored ignoring Europe for, for now, thankfully I don't think anybody needs to needs to hear that just now but what, is, what does good look like over these next five games? Livingston at home Aberdeen at home, St Johnston away, Hearts at home, St Myrna away, obviously five wins I think is absolutely within within our gift but in terms of, are you of the opinion of let's just get these five wins by any means necessary? 5-1-0's I'll take it we can get to the break and as James says we can regroup, there's a difficult period coming up may come back but we'll have some players back to help us are you in that mindset or are you wanting to see from the manager um, this style the tweaks that he's talked about against Hearts and St Mariners really going out there and trying to trying to make that into a more consistent um, performance level rather than just results where, where are you standing on that just now
0: I think at the moment I'm pretty much standing on let's just get the five wins by any means possible. And um, we've got a bit of an injury list at the moment that isn't really talked about enough. The sort of key players that we are missing, and just get the wins, get to the World Cup break, regroup over the break, and come, like come back, come back stronger. Um, I, I really don't care if it is five one nil no wins. To be honest, I would love to see us like going out and absolutely giving somebody. A chasing or just, just scoring loads of goals because it's fun scoring goals at home. Like it's it's fun. Um but for me it's just just one I, I couldn't really I couldn't really give a damn about what happens in the two games in Europe because Europe is done for this season. As long as we get to the winter break either still at pace with Celtic or hopefully <laughs> level or ahead of them because we've done the best that we can and they have had a wee slip.
2: Yeah, James. I know we we never really try and look too far ahead, but certainly those five games that we got we've got should be winnable. Of course, it would be very dangerous for us to go and hmm. uh, throw in a, a a draw or a loss in a game that we're completely not expecting. Similarly, Celtic have uh, a fixture list which is more difficult than ours, I would say, um, but not insurmountable. Um, where do you stand on that? For me, I think as I've said so many times, good performances are of equal importance i think to good results obviously if you get a good performance and you don't get a good result that's not as good as getting a good result and not having a good performance obviously but i think in terms of a bench a benchmark for future progress i think performance levels need to be improved to a level of consistency that we're happy with um where where do you stand on it just now is it just get us get us through with no more damage shall we say or, or minimum damage or are you looking for more
1: If you're offering me, in terms of what Laura said, you know, your five 1 0 wins and that's you, um, you know, at the World Cup, fine, I'll take that. But what I'd really like to see is you You want to see a few more players starting to, you know, offer what I've said before uh, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely making this position my own. Um, you know, I'm playing well. And when, I, when we come back from the World Cup, I'll continue to be able to do that. That's that's the ideal. Um, I think for so many of us, when we see us playing well and we're still winning, we say, you know, great, we've got to win the three points, happy days. But the problem is you only get away with that for so long. And there's going to come a point where you have an opponent that can take advantage of, of you a bit more in terms of you're on that poor form. And it is that, that silly draw or defeat that, especially in this league in the context of what our title races are like, they can prove so costly both ways in terms of both the teams. Um, And there is is that fear that when you are not playing well, that 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 can creep its ugly head up more. So that's why we want to see those more consistent performances. And maybe that's only going to happen once we've got more players available and back and fit. Maybe that's just what we have to accept. Um, but yeah, there is there is an ideal world, but there is also a realistic one of. Would I take that scenario now in terms of we get all the wins in the league up until the break? Yeah, absolutely would, no question about it.
2: Yeah, it, it does feel so strange still to me that we're talking about we're talking about uh, in this way, given the injury list and given um the start domestically. I mean, in the semi-finals of the cup. 10 wins out of 12 domestically obviously that embarrassing Celtic result um, is there but it does still seem quite strange but when you add up all of the factors in terms of unhappiness about transfers, unhappiness about um, the board, unhappiness about um, the sort of perceived style of play etc, it does all come together up into something that I think we we do need to start to um, progress on the pitch in terms of showing, showing the fans what what exactly Giovanni van Bronckhorst is is trying to do. So we have, I think, a perfect opportunity with these five games to try and go and imprint that. Um, And fingers crossed we can start to see some shoots of progress um, to take us into the World Cup. Okay, just before we go then, James, I know we've got the B team back in action. Um, We mentioned there are a lack of number eight, number ten options in the team. Uh, In the first team just now, I believe we got Alex Lowry, back for 45 minutes on Tuesday or Wednesday night was it Tuesday night it must have been how did he play and how did the B team do it in general and how are they doing in general
1: yeah he you know, had 45 minutes where i think it was um, it was more a case of you know just getting him back fit obviously when he got the injury and in the challenge cup game the the fear was that would be a lot more long term than what it's turned out to be which is very fortunate uh, and really really good um I don't imagine that he'll be playing in the Lowland League for too long before he's back in the first team discussion again, uh, which which is good too. Um, the, the B team, we are top of the league at the moment in, in terms of the Lowland League. Um, obviously, there's so many different kind of, sort of games in hand with different teams and whatnot, just because that the way the schedule works uh, is a funny one. Uh, you know the B team didn't have a single goal in the game the whole of September. For instance, it's, it doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. But you know in the games that we played in October, we had a three 2 away win against Hearts, which was a bit of a ding dong battle uh, that one. And Lovelace getting getting the one in goal uh, win against Edinburgh University, and then the game the four one win against East Stirlingshire where Robbie you got a hat trick. Um, I think. From what a lot of people are saying about you know the B team and the youth level in terms of the players at the standards, obviously Lovelace is the one that people talk about a lot just because this is a guy who is younger than that kind of B team age level. You could you would be able to play for like the under-18s, for instance, but he's far too good for that level. Um, Robbie Ewer, I think he's someone who... Yeah, natural goal scorer at that level. Um you want to see what he can do in terms of beginning to show that he can make that step up again. Yes, he got that goal against Queen of the South, of course, but yeah, I think certainly other watchers of him want to see maybe a wee bit more from him. In That sense, we do have some you know, good attacking wingers as well. Uh, deeper midfielders like Charlie Lindsay, who are very good on the ball uh, in terms of being that playmaker. Um, but you were asking that question in terms of like the number 10s and whatnot. Don't feel as though there's anyone really there that can uh, offer that right now. Um, not really seen an awful lot from guys that could give us a take on that mantle. I think the focus. Certainly the focus last season up until the point where he was involved in the first team was Lowry playing as that that playmaker in that role. The, the focus seems to have shifted a wee bit now in terms of what players we can try and get the best out of because um, ultimately that's the point. It's less about the results, although it's good to kind of sort of test yourselves at a competitive level and see what kind of results you get. And It's really good for David McCallum's side that you know we are where we are in the league table, you look at where the other B teams in the league are as a comparison, um, we're clearly doing something right in that respect. Uh, And and players are getting the development opportunities, which is really good, Uh, but it doesn't feel right now as though we can expect another guy to kind of make that breakthrough just yet. Um, You know, the obvious name of Lovelace, you just need to give him a wee bit more time I think let him develop that wee bit further and then he's gonna be someone that's worth talking about in that respect. And I'm no doubt he will be. Um but yeah, I would say as as far as what the remit is concerned for the B team, um in terms of how things are going so far this season, I would say things are going very, very well.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. We always talk about the development, don't we? And we've had Patterson, Divine, Lowry King, McCann coming in over the last two or three years, which is probably above average I guess in terms of, of integrating players in as certainly as first team squad members in a couple of cases and first team regulars I think in one or two of them anyway which is which is good news but if there are any benefits of getting kicked out of Europe with our tails between our legs it'll be when we come back after, Um, well, certainly when we come back after Christmas it'll be pretty much just one game a week which will allow more training time I guess so the youth, the academy guys can come up and see more sort of detailed training with the team. It's not just all about recovery and preparation, so they can get involved in that, and possibly they can even get some more minutes in there when it's not uh, as frantic. So um, that will be a benefit, I guess, out of a pretty a pretty bad negative in terms of going out of Europe. So um, we will see how things go there. Okay, that'll do us for this evening. Laura, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me this
0: evening, Adam.
2: No problem. And James, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah,
1: thank you for that, Adam. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, good chat.
2: And as always, thank you all for listening. I know it's not easy Um, just now with with how things, um, certainly how fan opinion and how things have been going on the pitch in terms of the the lack of of excitement over the last couple of games. But fingers crossed that all changes tomorrow. David, will be back on Monday to review that and look ahead to the the game against Napoli uh, next midweek too. Um, All that's left for me to do is to thank our producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and we hope your team wins tomorrow. Thank you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.